Welcome to Married by Design. How have you been doing in managing and working on your depression? Have you been able to encourage somebody else who has been struggling with depression? What part do your choices have in your depression related to sin? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to Married by Design. In this podcast, our purpose is to encourage married couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. This means that they should not only enjoy marital harmony and intimacy, but they can also be a mirror to glorify God. God has put the two of you together as husband and wife to encourage each other and to spur each other on to love and good deeds. Sometimes that love and those good deeds relate to your spouse. The ways that you can encourage your spouse when they're going through difficulties, such as struggling with depression. There are other times when you as a couple have an opportunity to see somebody who is struggling with discouragement or depression and to come alongside them and help. This is why we've studied this issue of spiritual depression. So many people today struggle with depression and discouragement because of the things that they face or the things that they've been through. We have said that there are a number of causes of spiritual depression, but we're looking at 1 Kings 19 at some of the solutions. We've spent more than a few weeks studying 1 Kings 19 and gleaning from that passage a lot of principles and applications related to depression. Elijah was someone who fell into depression, and we have seen a number of ways that God encouraged him back to the road of fruitfulness and joy. In our first episode in the series, and at times throughout the series, we've talked about the causes of depression. We suggested that there are a lot of physiological causes of depression. We've also seen that people face situations in their life that send them into a tailspin. Last week, we looked at the importance of our relationship with the Lord and how that can be a great encouragement. This week, we're going to look at another aspect of our relationship with the Lord. We're going to be looking at the way that our choices to sin can affect our relationship with Him. When we walk in darkness, it will naturally lead us to discouragement and depression. That means that sometimes in the life of a Christian, they make simple, rebellious choices, and the result is discouragement or depression. Now, we want to make it clear, we're not suggesting that all the time the reason that people are depressed is because of sin. As you said, we've outlined a number of reasons, but sin can be a reason why people fall into depression. God intends the life of the believer to be filled with joy and peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit, and we can allow many challenges to crowd into our life to rob us of that fruit, but we can also make choices to sin and turn away from the Lord. And with that sin, there are consequences. Our connection with the Lord is broken. There is a natural sense of guilt because of our conscience and because of the work of the Holy Spirit. That's right. If we know God's Word, we should have a sense of guilt and shame if we turn away from what God says to do, or we involve ourselves in things that God says for us not to do. That's a mechanism that the Lord has set in place so that we can be restored to the right relationship with Him and to function as He intends us to. It's only when we deal with our sin that we have that fruit of the Spirit that includes joy and peace. So this week we're going to look at an example in a psalm of David when he fell into sin and the result of that. 
and also the way that he recovered from that sin. We're suggesting that if you are struggling with depression, or if you know someone who is, this issue of sin might be something that you consider as a cause, or one of the causes. We're going to be looking at Psalm 32. This is a Psalm of David. It's so encouraging because we see that this godly man David was also very human and made poor choices at times. And he struggled with those choices. But God also forgave him of his sin. There was always restoration. He was able to come back to the joy of his salvation. That's what he wrote in Psalm 51. As he dealt with his sin there, he said, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. That's verse 3 and 4 in Psalm 51. And later on in the psalm, in verse 10, he prays to God, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He asked God to cleanse him, and he also asked that God would restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. There is a clear connection that David made between dealing with his sin and restoring his joy. This is the same joy that David wrote about in Psalm 32. David recognized the joy of being in that relationship with the Lord, of being forgiven of sins and having a clear conscience. David starts off in verse 1 by saying, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. David talks about the blessing or happiness, the joy that comes from being forgiven and having our sins covered over. What a joy there is in knowing Jesus Christ has paid for our sins, that all that we have done he paid the penalty for on the cross so that we can know God. What a joy there is in knowing the Lord, and what a joy there is to have a clear conscience, and as David says, a spirit in which there is no deceit. In verse 3 and 4, David describes the misery of unconfessed sin. It's like salt in the wound of your soul. He says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. David physically describes the groaning and the misery of the weight of unconfessed sin. We've all been there. We've all made choices in our life that we knew were wrong. And we've all experienced that groaning from the weight of that sin. And what a weight it can be. Our souls can be disturbed within us, and we know something is not right. David talks about that in Psalm 31 also. He says in verse 9, Be gracious to me, O God, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also, for my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. Here David describes the physical effects of sin as well as the emotional consequences. Distress, grief, sorrow, sighing, all are the results of sin. Yes, and in Psalm 38 verse 3, David writes, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. How transparent David is in his struggle with sin and the results that he saw in his life. It was a burden that he had to carry that was too heavy. 
We see other examples in the Bible of people who sinned and the depression that was the result. When Peter denied Christ in Matthew 26, it said at the end of the chapter that he went out and wept bitterly. And the very next chapter tells of Judas after he betrayed Christ. He recognized what he had done in uh, Matthew 27, 4, and it says that he was so distraught that he departed and he went and hanged himself. This is the ultimate despair of sinful choices. If you're struggling right now with an area of sin and you know that it's affecting you, you should always feel like there's hope. There is hope. There's always an opportunity for the Lord to cleanse you and to restore you. You don't have to live under that weight in the dark cloud. That's right. And going back to Psalm 32, David writes in verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. There it is, the turning point in David's heart. The lifting of the depression due to his sin. He acknowledged the sin before God. He didn't continue to hide it and coddle it. He confessed it to the Lord as wrong, and God immediately cleansed him. It's the same thing that the Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 1. He says, if we confess our sins... He, that's God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's right. Any person can be cleansed from his sin and lift the weight of that sin through confession and acknowledging their sin. Christ died to take away that sin and to give you life. Christ died to cleanse the believer from the penalty and the power of sin, to lift that weight so that you can be freed from the guilt and the shame. Well, I love the next part. In verse 7, David calls all of us to turn to the Lord in confession and have a confidence that He will cleanse us. We want to call you to that right now. If sin is the cause of your discouragement and depression, you can call out to Him and He will forgive you and cleanse you. David writes, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you, to the Lord, at the time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. That's great. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. That's the joy of knowing that you were delivered from that sin and set free. It's a great hope and a great freedom in the cross and all that Christ offers. It should cause us to shout for joy. David then encourages his listeners to be humble and teachable. He wants to show them how to avoid the despair of sin. He wants to instruct them and show them how they should go. This is to avoid the pain and anguish of all that he went through. He writes, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye on you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle. Or it not stay near you. He's encouraging us to be teachable and go on the right way that leads to life and joy and peace. You and I have a choice to make every day. You may struggle with depression because of any number of reasons, but a part of it can relate to your sin. You have a choice if you're going to be cleansed of sin and if you're going to set your life on a better track following God's word. A choice, the choice that affects every area of our life. It affects our emotions. It affects our outlook. It affects our expectations. It affects everything. 
That choice of hiding and coddling sin or confessing it and moving past it is key for living the victorious, joyous Christian life. In verse 10, David draws a contrast between the two individuals, the one who lives in sin and rebellion and the man who turns from his sin and trusts the Lord. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Again, he says, many are the sorrows of the wicked. There again is that connection between our grief and sorrow and our sinful choices. What a beautiful hope that we can have as we trust the Lord that he is steadfast in his love that surrounds us. What a joy and expectation it should bring in our lives. That's what he says in verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. If we choose to follow the Lord and live a righteous life, we will shout for joy and be glad. It doesn't mean that life will always be easy, but the foundation of joy and peace is found in walking with the Lord and in righteousness. So here's your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to evaluate your own heart. Are there areas of sin that you're tolerating? If you want further information on the process of confession and repentance, You can check out episode four in our podcast. It's on admitting fault. Well, we'd also encourage you to listen to episodes five and six. There you see the process that somebody should go through that leads to change. If you're trying to encourage someone that is struggling with depression and you know about a sin issue in their life, pray about gently and lovingly talking to them about it. You may be the one that God is calling to set that broken bone back in place so that it can be healed. Well, let me pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful cleansing that we have, that we can be forgiven our sins, God. We recognize the emotional, physical consequences of sin, as well as the spiritual consequences. God, help us to be always turning to you and desiring to walk with you. Thank you for the promise of cleansing us of our sins because of Jesus' death on the cross. Father, I pray there's anybody listening that has not trusted Christ and called to him, that they would do that right now and call on him for salvation. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope that you've been encouraged in your marriage and you see the opportunities to make a difference in other people's lives when they're struggling with depression. If you have any other questions, you can email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We encourage you to share this podcast with somebody. Well, next week in our podcast, we're going to be looking at our thinking and how it affects our emotional state and depression. What are the wayward thoughts that we can have and how can we struggle as a result? That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. 